0: you tonight, may do a little something different tonight, but how many are teachable? How many are open? Some people are saying, what about? (laughs) Let's study, we're going to just take this because the meat of the word will come next week, but I want to take something tonight, and can I just give you some food for thought and can I challenge you? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the book of James. I mean, James is a challenger. James chapter five. You know, if if there is something, there is a mindset that needs to be changed, I want to change it. Amen. I I always ask as pastor, are we getting the results? And how many know we hear testimonies all the time, but I still ask are we getting the results we want? How many know we're not? We want more, amen. We'll see the glory of God in full manifestation, and God is doing so many wonderful things. But I tell you, my spirit, as the Lord has been leading me through some of these, like the message this morning and tonight, some of the things He's been speaking to me, I really feel that we are going to grow and mature spiritually, like like we've never have this coming year. I really sense we are in a season of real maturity and growth. How many know? How many of y'all had battles this year? Some had some battles this year. And sometimes you were hit by things you didn't even know where it came from. But you survived. And you're here. And you're ready for promotion. And I want to show you something tonight about promotion. Many times comes through affliction. But how do we respond to to affliction, and I want to look in James, James chapter five, verse thirteen. I want you to look at this. James chapter five, verse thirteen. I want you to see this. Look at this, and let's think about this. The King James says, "Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray." Is any Mary let him sing psalms Is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him I want to go back to verse 13 is any among you afflicted? let who pray and, and and I'm not rebuking we don't have any trouble praying for all the needs, but I want to look at this very strongly in the biblical position right here. It says, if you are sick, let the sick person call for the elders and let them anoint him with oil and pray with them in the name of Jesus. But it says, if you are afflicted, it says, even, listen to these translations, it says, he should pray. Look at your other and say, he should, he should pray. Who? The afflicted person. Another translation, the New American Standard says, then he must pray. And then the New International says, is anyone in tr- of you in trouble, he should pray. Now, like I said, we don't have any trouble praying for you, anointing you, standing with you, but what does the Word say right here? And as we go into this a little bit tonight, but especially next week, I want to see what the Word says. It says that if you are afflicted, you should pray. And when we have guest speakers or when we give an altar call, like I said, we have no problem praying for you, but I'm going to show you what I am starting to really believe, is that we need to ask you if it's affliction, and I'm giving you the Greek definition tonight. If it is an affliction, we can't pray for you unless you have already prayed. And the reason we will pray with you is because you have already jump-started your spirit, and now we can come in agreement with your prayer. But the scripture just said, if any of you are afflicted or if any of you are in trouble, let the afflicted person pray. It does not say let the pastor or the elders pray. Do you see this tonight? Now, like I said, we are compassionate. We'll pray for you. I will, we will not stop praying for you, but I wonder, that if we pray for the afflicted person, if we are not serving milk, instead of teaching the word that it says for the afflicted person, to pray for themselves if we're not giving you meat. Now, now don't jump out, don't don't get mad at me, don't think we don't care, we don't want to pray. I'm just challenging you with the scriptures here tonight. Is that okay? Amen. I mean no, we want to pray according to the word of God. Amen. Amen. It says that the elders are to pray for the sick. But if the afflicted person is afflicted or in trouble, we can come in agreement with the prayers that they should have already prayed. Amen. Are you following me so far? Many want hands laid on them for their affliction. I'm going to give you the definition of affliction. and I'm going to to call for cooperation tonight because I really want this to get in. Because could it possibly be that I I may be not getting all the victory I need not because I haven't had the right people pray for me, but that I myself have not prayed about what I am tormented with. Now, let me give you the word, the definition, the Greek definition that you can look up in the lexicon and the Greek. Let me give you the definition of the word afflicted. Because we saw, is anyone among you suffering or is any among you in trouble, is any of among you afflicted, it says, then he must pray. Say that with me. He must Pray. Now the word afflicted means, is any among you suffering ill or ill treatment? Is any of you suffering ill treatment? That's the word afflicted.
1: <coughs>
0: Pastor, pray for me. They're not treating me good. Well, have you prayed yet? No, I want you to pray. Well, the Bible says, if you're suffering ill treatment, then you pray. Let me give you the other word. Tormented. Has anybody ever been tormented? Somebody want to give me an example of torment? Okay. Constant attacks. Okay, that's torment. Constant attacks. But give me a word. How about fear? Fear has torment. And how many times do people come up in a line wanting deliverance from fear? That's okay. Okay. That's great, but if fear is this word afflicted, the word says, "Is anyone among you tormented with fear? Let him pray." Okay, someone else have a definition of a certain thing that could torment you. Anybody worry thoughts? Okay, anybody worry? Oh, please make this worry go. Have you prayed? No, not yet. I want you to pray for me. Uh-huh. No, if you're being afflicted with worry, you pray. Now I know this may seem basic, but I believe you're going to see there is something there in the next two weeks. There is something very, very strong. I believe God is wanting the body to grow into in this level. Amen. The word torment, um, the word affliction means hardship. Hardship. Anybody give me a definition of a hardship they might have experienced? Anybody? No, nobody? Y'all had it on rose-colored glasses. Somebody's house is burned down. Lost a job. Huh? Not enough money. That's a hardship. Amen. Children on dope. That's a hardship. Divorce. Trying to work two jobs. Ran over your dog, broke his back leg. Any of you afflicted with hardships, let the elders pray, let the prayer line pray. Let him pray. The word afflicted means to be troubled. The word afflicted means pressure of circumstances. Has anybody ever felt pressure? Pressure of circumstances. Now listen, it's okay. Paul says, and we're studying Paul's prayer, and I am just soaking and looking every way I can about this, but when Paul he's going through afflictions he doesn't ask for prayer because of his afflictions he just asks him you keep praying because I want to go preach to you he's not asking him to pray for him to get out of his troubles he just says y'all just pray that I can see you again because Paul's praying for his afflictions but he wants you to be in agreement that he can get there to preach for you again and this pressure pressure of circumstances how many times oh sister, sister pray for me oh I'm going through the pressure of circumstances pray for me And it's okay to pray for one another. The Word of God says pray for one another. And that's fine. But the question I'm giving you tonight, in a very specific way, okay, you want me to pray for you, but have you diligently prayed and rose up and blasted this affliction with boldness yourself? Just a thought. The word affliction means press oppressed. It means tribulation. Oh, we're tribulating. Pray for us. Tribulation. Here's one. The word affliction means misery. Misery. Don't keep company with it. Blast it. Misery. How about this one? The word affliction means Evil, emotions, and passions. Evil, emotions, and passions. If I'm going too fast, y'all let me know. Evil, emotions, and passions. Exertion of the mind. Have you ever felt you have just about ready to go crazy? Exertion of the mind. The word affliction means distress, distress, as of the travail of childbirth. I don't know one mother who's been able to uh, tag team somebody else to finish the birth for them. Once they started, they had to finish it. Travail of birth and burden. So many times churches. Burden, burden. Everybody say burden, burden, burden. No, don't say burden, burden, burden. Just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. But these are just a few of many more definitions. Is any among you afflicted, suffering ill treatment, tormented, hardships, troubled, pressure of circumstances, pressed, tribulation, misery, evil emotions and passion, consequences of evil exerted of the mind, uh, distresses, travail of childbirth, and burden? Let him, or he should pray. He should pray. And all that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking about is that it's time for us to get our new identity. Because nobody was born again defeated. We've all been born again as more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And He wants us to get that mindset and He wants you to better your conscience, as we talked about this morning, but also your heart, to better testify that I was going through this affliction. I was going through this torment. I was going through, I was pressed, pressed, I was pressed beyond measure. I was going through all of these things. But I prayed and I pressed through and I fasted and I sought the Lord and I got my breakthrough. And now I want to tell you how I got mine. You can get yours. Because thank God for the five-fold ministry. Thank God that we can go and say, Pastor prayed for me, or Brother so-and-so prayed for me, or Benny Hinn prayed for me, and it got fixed. But the greater testimony is when you are able to say, I was going through what I thought was the the hardest area of my life, and I sought God, and I prayed, and I pressed through, and I rebuked the enemy, and I spoke to my mind, and I spoke to my emotions, and I spoke to my heart, and I came out of it. Is any of you afflicted? Let him pray. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians eight two. Second Corinthians eight two. Now, once again, I'm not trying to be uncompassionate because I am, but I'm just—I want us to see the word. Amen. I believe it's going to bring an area of maturity. Now that don't mean don't call, don't send the emails to the prayer line or nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, let's just study this tonight, okay? 2 Corinthians eight two. The new Interva- new international version says it like this: Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty. Welled up in rich generosity. Now, isn't it something? And another translation says, in the great trial, King James says, out of the great trial of affliction, rose up abundance. Now, if they were busy praying about their affliction, praying for one another, nothing might would have rose up. But because they had grew to a level where they said, I may be going through this, But I know it's limited on how long it will last. So I'm going to give and I'm going to minister and I'm going to help no matter how I feel. Because I'm not waiting till somebody prays me out of this. I'm praying myself out of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get out of this. And even while I'm going through this, I'm going to help people while I'm going through it. And it says, out of their even in the trial of their affliction, they gave beyond measure. Amen. Now look with me in Psalms 119 and, and let me give you a few thoughts here. And, and I won't go too deep into this tonight. But next week I'll, I'll, I'll blast you with all kinds of scriptures. But I want to just give you a little bit to go along with this tonight. Well, that don't make no sense. I mean, if I'm afflicted, how do I even feel like praying? I don't even feel like praying. I don't even feel like fighting. Pastor, I don't feel like fighting this. I don't feel like confronting this. Well, Hallelujah! Nobody does, but let's see what the Word of God says. Psalms one nineteen, verse seventy-one. Psalms one nineteen, seventy, verse seventy-one. Look at this with your with your eyes. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. David was not high when he wrote this. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Now, you know, there's a lot of words, you know, well, you know, I don't claim none of this, I don't claim none of this. But you don't have to claim none of it. How many know you're still going to go through things in life? If you're afflicted, let them pray. David said, it is good that I have been afflicted, because this is the translation today. Because it drove me to the Word of God. It drove me to the Word of God. And it's in the Word of God that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. And I'll meditate upon Your Word day and night. And I'll build myself in boldness. And I will meditate upon Thy precepts. And the more I meditate upon it in my heart, the more out of the abundance of the heart it will come out. And David is saying, you know, if I didn't go through this, I would have never learned this or that or the other. But praise God, I thank God it was good that I went through this because it pushed me back into the Word of God to build myself in the Word of God. And instead of operating with a little plastic knife, i got a two-edged sword that can cut the soul and the spirit asunder. If you're afflicted, let him pray. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. That same word. Now look in that same chapter. Look at verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But oh now, (laughs) now that I'm tormented. Now that I'm afflicted, what did David say? I bet I keep your word. I bet I watch what I do. I bet I watch what I say. When everything was going good, oh, it was good. But I slacked on the word. I slacked in my prayer. I slacked in fasting. I slacked in going to church. I figured Sunday morning is just good enough because, you know, that's about all I need. And so, you know, everything's hunky-dory. But boy, when the bad report comes or when the when, when the trouble hits or when the bills get overdue or when there's, I feel pressured or when somebody tells me I'm fired or somebody tells me they don't like me anymore or all these different afflictions come towards me. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. I relaxed. In walking in the Spirit. And when I relax in walking in the Spirit, we don't have time to to go there tonight, but the Word of God speaks in the book of Romans chapter 6 about the old dead, you and I. The old man. Everybody say, "The the old man. The old man has still has everything of the past connected to it. Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your Father who is the Father of lies. That means that lies are connected to my old man. And when I get away from the Word of God, it's easy for me to start backing away from Jesus and start getting closer to the old man that is full of lies. And the closer I get back to my old man, the more I hear the old lies I used to hear before I got in the mind of Christ. It's kind of like if you saw uh, Facing the Giants. I mean remember how many saw that movie? How many remember the part about the dead rat in the air conditioned vent, and how many they they lived a long time they couldn't stand that odor. They tried killing that odor every way they can, but until they found they they found the vent where the rat was and got the rat out of the vent, they could try to spray every day, but the smell kept coming back. Well, sometimes we've got to go right to where that smell is and we've got to get rid of it, we've got to kill it, and we've got to crucify it once and for all so that it doesn't keep popping up in my future, keep popping up, hurting my destiny, keep tripping me up. So it was good that I was afflicted because it drove me back to my knees. It drove me back to the Word. It drove me back to God. It drove me back. It says in the book of Revelation that many have lost their first love. Why did they lose their first love? Because they started getting relaxed. And because before I was afflicted, I started drawing away. For my first love, therefore, I didn't have the hunger and the zeal and the passion like I had before. Why? Because everything's comfortable, and there's money in the bank, and there's this, and there's that, and the other. And I don't have the problems I used to. I don't have to get. I don't have to get out and push start my car anymore because it's under warranty. So I know somebody. Uh, I know. I know you remember those days just last year. But we don't ever need to forget those days. I was trying to jumpstart somebody this week, Thursday or Friday. I was trying to jumpstart this lady, and her husband finally showed up. and He didn't tell me hello, didn't tell me thank you, treated me like a dog. He said, You just get out of here. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. I was just trying to help his little old wife. He had the nice new truck, she had the old truck. felt sorry for the lady. I was trying to help her. But I don't want my help because I remember all the times I got jumpstart. Remember the times when we had the old column shift and she'd get in there and we'd start pushing those old vehicles and she was trying to let off the clutch and get started in second gear. No muffler, you know, and smoke everywhere. Remember coming to church with smoke everywhere? You know, when you get these nice vehicles and you get in a better house and a better neighborhood and you get that little promotion and everything just seems to be a little bit better, and everything just seems to be so good, it's so easy to get relaxed. And David says, it was good that I was afflicted. Look at verse 75. Look what he says now. I know. Somebody say, I know. I know, know, O Lord, that Thy judgments are right, that Thou in faithfulness Has afflicted me. Hmm. That in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. Now God doesn't have evil to give to you. God is not a god of evil. But how many know there are things that are permitted? And and you know I won't tell another story of biting electrical cables this morning. But I will tell a story because I got to write an email to Argentina tonight uh they're celebrating their uh, seven, our home church over there celebrating their seventeenth anniversary uh next Sunday morning, so we got to send a a letter to them congratulating and as apostle of the church congratulating all that stuff but anyway, in nineteen eighty nine I was working as an evangelist and apostle, and we were in this city of three hundred and fifty thousand people in Huhui. And the Lord started dealing with me to start a church. And I said, Lord, I'm working so good with these pastors and I want to work with all of them. I want to work in unity. Lord, I'm not starting a church. And he kept telling me, start a church. Start a church. And I, and I didn't want to. Well, I was in this, this church one night and I stepped down from turning a light bulb off, getting ready to have service in, the, in this church, uh, Pasqual Tapia. And when I stepped down and turned, my knee went out of place. And I fell, and my kneecap went out of place and stayed out of place. Never had a problem like that before. But they took me and jerked the kneecap back in. I had a cast from my waist all the way to my ankle. And I was set up for six weeks. Six weeks or six months? Six Six weeks. And boy, I tell you, you talk about a depressed missionary. Now, how am I going to write a newsletter when I can't even get in the car and drive? What am I going to be able to tell the people what we're doing on the mission field when I got a cast from my waist down? But I had a dream, and then I had a vision, and then I started getting words. And I started studying once again on the prophet Samuel. And I started seeking the Lord and praying, and he kept telling me and showing me over and over again, I've told you to be obedient at my command." I didn't ask you to obey me when you have it figured out or when it seems sensible to you. I want you to open a church. I want you to do what, you want, what I've told you to do. And it was good that I was afflicted because we started that church, saw I don't know how many people get saved, miracles, signs and wonders. God did so many awesome things. Free radio stations, witches converted, you name it, we saw it. And now they're celebrating their 17th year. And I might have kept on being rebellious, if I wouldn't have got afflicted. If I wouldn't have got tormented to where I had to hear God. Amen, church. Amen. Now, I know this might go against some of the stuff, you know, some hear and some believe and some's been taught. But, you know, I, I think God's wanting us to get off a of bottle fed onto meat fed. Amen. And He wants us to grow and to mature. But unless. I get in the Word and I get in prayer, I'll never get the boldness and the zeal and the knowledge that I need to better blast the affliction off of me. And I won't be able to blast troubles off of other babes in Christ if I don't learn to blast it off of me. And I won't be able to minister to others. Listen to this, because we read in Corinthians They were able, in the midst of their trial of affliction, they were able to minister so much more, even in the midst of their affliction, because they learned, even though I'm going through it, I know I'm going to get through it, but these people need some help, and I ought to be strong enough and big enough to better stop worrying about me and just put my eyes and help them. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. My mom passed away, and we flew to Belize City to catch the big plane. We were with the taxi driver, and I was back there and crying, bawling my eyes out, I just thought my life was over. When my dad told me, I practically passed out there at the Chinese home that had the only one had a telephone. After three days of the American Embassy trying to find us in the jungles and got a hold of us, and Dad said, "Your mom passed away three days ago. You need to get home." I said, "I don't know how." And God gave us favor. The Chinese said, "We'll," let the Buddhist said, we'll lend you the $1,000 and you pay us back if you can. But we got to Belize City and we had to wait for our next flight. And the taxi driver started telling us his problems with his wife divorcing him. And we, I said, Let, let's go have ice cream. So we took the taxi driver. He took us. And we went and had ice cream. And we were ministering to this man. And uh, we spent the afternoon together. And then before my wife and I went into the hotel and we were right there praying with him. You know, I, my mind is telling me, why are you doing this? You just got new. You're going to your mother's funeral. She's only 42 years old and she died suffering. You're going back home to that funeral. Why are you even worrying about ministering to this man? You're not even telling him your problems. You're just ministering to him. Your mind will tell you, what are you doing? But the Spirit of God is saying, keep giving. Keep giving. You're hurting and you're dying inside. But even Jesus upon the cross, in more pain than we would ever experience had the time and the compassion to tell the thief who was dying next to him, today your sins are forgiven. In the midst of this pain and suffering of the agonizing hours that he went through, he was still sufficient strong in himself in the midst for our affliction to be able to minister to somebody else in their affliction. I believe that there's something there. For us to get a hold of. Amen, church. Amen. Mm. Look at me in Colossians chapter 3. If any afflicted, let him pray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. When I was afflicted, it drove me to prayer. It drove me to pull back out those confessions I used to confess. And it, it drove me to pull out the tapes I used to listen to. Since I've been going through this trial and affliction, I, I, I started getting up at 2 and 3 in the morning when I wake up. And every time my mind starts bothering me about it, I get up in the middle of the night and I walk the floor and I just say, I worship You, Jesus. I praise You, Lord God. I thank You for the power of Your Word and for the power of Your Spirit. I think that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And no matter what the things and the circumstances seem, no matter how much pressure is upon me, even though it seems like all of hell is coming against me at this moment, I'm going to stop looking at that and I'm going to praise you in the midnight hour. I'm going to be like Paul and Silas. Even though I may feel like I'm chained and in the middle of a prison and there's no way out, but just like him, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to glorify you and I adore you. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands up. This is my... My child, this is the type of soldier I'm looking for that in the midst of the affliction and the trial and the pressure, they're going to walk around praising me and they're going around talking about my triumph and they're going to walk around my word and they're going to speak my word to me. That's the child, that's the type of child I'm looking for. Someone who's standing in the midst of the battle with the shield and the sword and you might have cut me a little bit, but oh, I'm going to keep fighting for the reward. I'm gonna keep fighting and I'm gonna be kept. You press me, I'm gonna press you back. That which is making me tremble is gonna end up trembling before me. That's how we, we got, we've got to, as a church, we've got the church of Jesus Christ in the world today. We've got to get our backbone back. We've got to get our fight back. You know, people talk and laugh about Rocky seven or whatever number this last one was. Rocky what? Six. 50 year old fighter come out of retirement come out of retirement to fight again and that may seem funny and he had arthritis and rheumatism and he worked out and it hurt great movie bought it because I tell you what I may be old and I may not look like I did in Rocky 4 and Rocky 3 and Rocky 2 and Rocky 1 and Rocky 5 but I still got some fight in me You're gonna challenge me? I'm gonna fight you, and I'm gonna win. No matter how much training I've got to do, because there's nothing like the taste of victory, and there's nothing like making my father pleased that I'm not backing down from this affliction, and I'm not backing down or looking for someone else to get me out. But I'm gonna stand up this year, and I'm gonna start fighting my own battles. I'm gonna start standing for my own rights. I'm gonna start using my authority. I'm going to start praising God no matter what. And as you start doing that, you start growing on the inside and you start extending your tip pegs and the anointing and the authority and the dominion of God starts growing on the inside of you and you start saying, oh, thank God, I might have went through that, but boy, it made me a stronger and a better person. More, I, had, I needed to get a little wake-up call because I, I was becoming a murmurer. Since I wasn't afflicted, And when I got afflicted, I know I wasn't in the Word by what came out of my mouth. When I started going through this and I wasn't afflicted or I wasn't treated right, I know I wasn't in the Word by the feelings I held in my heart and the little things I threw out. Before I was afflicted, I know I wasn't in prayer by my critical, harsh, Attitude. But oh, God knows how to humble. (laughs) God knows how to humble the prideful man. Sometimes, I'll spend time just praising God for the air-conditioned vents. I think those are the best-looking air-conditioned... I just go all over the church and I just thank God for the air-conditioned vents. Then I go to the tiles. Then I go to the... Because, you know, we could have a bare roof. God, I didn't build this. I just wonder what you built. Look at these lights. Look at this carpet. We could still be on cement floors painted with a brush, which is fine. But, man, we, we were able to pay cash and put all this carpet down. Tiles in the Sunday school rooms. I thank God for all the little things. For every little thing. I go through this building and I, just, I still can't believe this is our church. Amen. We drove up tonight. Lord, it's so beautiful. Look what you've built. Thankful for the little things. Not to go around saying, what's your secret to your success? Oh, bless God, I'm a mighty man of the Word and a mighty man of faith. And No, it was like, what's your secret? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> All I can tell you is God's a good God. All I can tell you is that God just did it. God just supplied it. Look at these cushioned chairs. You're sitting on cushioned chairs. Had people sleeping here this morning on cushion chairs. <laughs> That'd be my next week's title. I slept in church before I was afflicted.
1: Because <laughs> when everything's going
0: good, it's easy just to get comfortable and just go <sighs> oh, okay. so to sleep. But I had a taser this morning. Boy, I was tempted. I was tempted. When I saw a few people going to sleep, I was tempted. Oh, that would be fun. And just took over that. Boy, the Holy Ghost is on you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, serum. serum. Serum, 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 their hair on their arms. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Is this encouraging you? I mean, if you're depressed, we will pray for you after you pray. Isn't it something that what well, we've started doing anyways, when you come up for prayer, we'll say, well, repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce worry. Isn't it something that we've started changing things already, and now God's just saying, okay, now I want to confirm it. If any among you afflicted, let him pray. How, how many feel a witness with this? Amen. Amen. I know you all know this. This may sound so elementary, but I believe it's a huge key of going forward. Amen. Colossians 3, verse 9. Oh, that's good, but that's 1 Thessalonians. It says in Colossians 3, Do not lie to one another since you laid aside, laid aside, got rid of the old man with his evil practices, and have put on the new self who has been renewed to a true knowledge. This is the New American Standard. To a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. To be who you're called to be. Amen. Amen. There's lies around our old man and we want to get rid of that. Uh, just real quickly, Hebrews 4.12 talks about uh, the sword of the Spirit dividing asunder. A wrestling match between the old man and, and, and the new man. If you ever catch yourself thinking or saying, you know, my life sure ain't worth much. That's a lie connected to the old man. And that just means you're not spending enough time of with the image of the one who created you to the new man. This life just ain't worth it living. I just don't think I ought to just... Uh, I just don't want to keep on living. Well, so you're, you're, you just listen to yourself, and, and you just catch yourself. You may be going too, too, much, too close to the old man, and God wants you walking to walk into the new man, creating the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? It talks about it's a discerner. It's one who has the That word discerner means one whose business is a judge. In Hebrews chapter 4.12, one whose business is being a judge. Judging myself, judging. No, that's too much like the old man. That's the carnal man. That's the flesh man. That's not the spirit man. Some questions I ask when I'm being afflicted. Where am I soul ruled? And where am I spirit ruled? Am I bringing down the strongholds? Am I bringing down the things, the reasonings? And I'm bringing down the reasonings with my word. And I'm bringing sickness mentality down with my word. Worry mentality down with the word. Uh, fear mentality down with the word. Am I renewing my mind? And as I'm renewing my mind, as I find I'm renewing my mind... You start feeling the boldness start coming upon you. I mean, this morning I I felt a boldness on me from the offering to the Lord's supper to through the message. I, I mean, I could have they could have threw me in there with lions and I wouldn't have been scared this morning. It was a boldness on me. And when you meditate upon the Word and when you're you're speaking the Word and you're spending that time praying, it's like you're not scared of nothing. You feel invincible under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's what. That's what's so good about going through those times where you feel tormented and afflicted is that you have to press through in prayer and the Word of God and it opens the door for you to start feeling invincible because when everything's going okay, I don't have to feel invincible because everything's okay. If there wasn't a fight, I wouldn't feel how strong I am. I wouldn't feel the glory of God. I wouldn't feel the anointing of God. I wouldn't feel Jesus and the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I wouldn't feel that fellowship. I wouldn't feel that that, that anointing. But since I've been going through this and I've been getting closer, I've been feeling something well up on the inside of me the bible says that the righteous in proverbs it says the righteous are as bold as a lion shout out bold. bold bold as a lion and for us to be able to walk through the time of afflicted time and the time of prayer we've got to learn how to be bold and, and, and let me finish with that tonight about the being bold in the lord and in proverbs 28 1 it says the righteous are as bold as a lion 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we have been made righteous through Christ Jesus. There's no reason why anybody here tonight cannot be bold. It doesn't have to be bold. It's amazing that when you prayed up and you've been speaking the Word and you've been going through different things and you've been wondering what's going on, you never know if you're not getting ready to get face to face with a witch or or, like like we have had in the jungles or witch doctors or somebody's trying to get ready get ready to come against you and stand up against you and you've been being drawn by the Spirit of God just to pray in the Spirit, to pray in English, just to worship and put worship on. All of a sudden, you just all of a sudden feel come upon you. The of the Holy Ghost to start praying and you just start praying and then whenever whatever comes against you you have a bonus come up and when I had that witch raise his hand and start cursing me and he raised his hand back in God the Holy Spirit or an angel grabbed his hand and he couldn't go forward and he was cursing me in some type of demonic language I started in the Holy Ghost and he had to back down because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world and when they come against get you with the machetes and they're threatening you with guns or whatever it may be comes that comes out of boldness, go ahead and bring what you got. Devil, go ahead and bring what you got. But i got the armor of the Lord. And according to Ephesians 6, 11, and 12, I'm supposed to stand, having done therefore all to stand, stand against all the walls of the enemy. But I, you can't get to point C if you never get through point B. Amen. The old man's fearful, tormented, hesitant. The new man's like a lion. Lion speaks of confidence, courage, fearlessness, and daring. Look, at your neighbors say that's you. You're daring, darling. Philippians four thirteen. This is the confidence that we have in Him. David, Elijah showed the courage of God. Second Timothy one seven. It's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, daring to act on the word of God. Amen. Later on, you can look at Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 30, verse 15 says, In returning and rest shall you be saved in quietness, and in confidence shall be your strength. Acts 4.29 says that they were bold to speak the Word. 1 Thessalonians 2.2 says they were bold in God. Hebrews 4.16 says they came boldly before the throne. We can come boldly before the throne. Acts four thirty one says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and with boldness. Second seven four says that their boldness of their speech. In Acts thirteen forty six it says they waxed bold. Look with me in Philippians chapter one. I'll bring this to a close. Philippians chapter one. I want you to you're going the Holy Spirit wants you to go home bold tonight. You're gonna to be like what Rocky said in Rocky four. I feel like I can eat nails. They said, yes, nails. He says, no, nails. Philippians 1.20. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. According to my, not what the devil's planning, but according to my earnest expectation and my hope. Say that. My expectation. My hope. My expectation. My hope. According to mine. Not the devil's. Not circumstances. According to mine. That in nothing I shall be ashamed But that with all boldness. Somebody shout out all boldness. As always. As always. As always. always. So now also Christ. Shall be magnified in my body. Whether it be by life. Or whether it be by death. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 19. And for me that utterance may be given unto me. That I may open my mouth boldly. Say boldly. Open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the Gospel for which I am a bystander in bonds that therefore I may speak boldly. There it is again. As I ought to speak. Acts 4.13 They spoke boldly. And Hebrews 13.6 That we may boldly say. How many of you know that when we're going through things it's just an opportunity to get bold? How many of you know sometimes listen, sometimes You stay sweet to one another, but you can get bold and you can get mad and you can get a Holy Ghost anger at the circumstances you're going through. When was the last time you went to war and you got mad? You spirit of self-pity, I've had enough of you. You've tormented me and you've put me down and you've made me feel rejected for I don't know how long. And I am not going to give in to feeling sorry for myself in this time. But devil, you're going to feel sorry for yourself because I'm going to proclaim the word of the Lord and I am not going to give in to feeling sorry. I mean, the worst of the worst might have happened, but that just means that the best of the best is going to happen. And next week I want to show you that it's in the Word of God that afflictions opens the doors for promotion. And the reason many times maybe I have not got the promotions I wanted is because I was looking for other people to meet my needs and I didn't want to face the devil face on. But watch out little red locomotive. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to climb that mountain and I'm going to face that problem and I'm going to run over you. You get in my way, I'm going to run over you. I'm not giving in to that rejection. I'm not giving in to that self-pity. The Spirit of the Lord says to fight! Fight it! Fight it! Fight it! Because I promise you, child of God, if you feel sorry for yourself now and you don't fight it, you will still be feeling sorry for yourself next year. I don't mean that to cut you down, I just mean it as the truth. If I can't beat depression and rejection now, and I give into it and I don't fight it, I fight it maybe one time, but then I give into it, and I just don't bomb it with the word of God, I will still be fighting the same fear, rejection, depression next year. Just like temptation, it's just like all those things. You've got to face them or they'll continue rising. So I mean, no, it's time to be bold. Uh, and Finn finished with this. King Richard the Lionheart was in crusades fighting for England. And they got in one of the worst of the battles. And he sounded the uh, bugle. to He had them sound or show the flag for retreat. And they were retreating. And he had this servant who always rode alongside of him. And it was the first time he ever saw King uh, Richard the Lionheart retreat. And King Richard sounded retreat, and he saw his king for the first time retreating, and he ran up to him on his horse, and he whispered in his ear, "King Richard, don't forget who you are." And at that he pulled that horse to a stop. He called his captains and he says, "What are we doing? Turning around, and let's charge again." And they prepared to charge, and they fought, and that time they won. Don't forget who you are. Saints, don't forget. Who You are the old man is passed away and behold a new man has been risen to walk in newness of life through Christ Jesus. I say to you this week and every day as to end this year, don't forget who you are in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. Whatever the enemy tries to throw your way, whatever pressures that people or circumstances tries to rise up against you in whatever way the enemy tries to belittle you, he wants to keep good people down. He wants to belittle the potential of the glorious church and the army of Jesus Christ. He wants to keep everything in its place. He wants to keep everybody back. He wants to hold us back as we have been. He doesn't want challenge. He doesn't want us to change. He doesn't want us getting bold enough to start ministering and laying hands on the sick even casting out devils he wants us always in that afflicted mind well i need prayer pray for me pray for me pray for me pray for me well there is something coming up where the word of god says let him pray you go ahead and pray. And when you pray, you'll find out it works. It may not work the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. But when Elijah told that servant, I don't care if you don't see no rain, I still hear the abundance of rain. And I want you to go on back. And I want you to keep on going back and going back and going back. And, and Naaman, I want you to dip and dip and dip. And I don't care if you don't see some change. Second, third, fourth, fifth time. Keep dipping. Keep praying. Keep speaking. Keep proclaiming. Until you see a change. Come on, stand on your feet. You don't stand up, I'll go to my next point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at you say, you're a, you're a fighter. You're a fighter. You're a fighter. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Come on! Yeah! You are a fighter! You are a fighter! And sure enough, tomorrow, or tonight, the devil's going to try to send something my way and something your way. And say, Oh yeah, Mr. Preacher Man? Ring, ring. Hey. Hey. We're leaving the church. Hey, you offended me. Hey, this, that, and the other. Tomorrow, hey, you lost your job. Hey, we can't give you your Christmas bonus. Hey, we can't even give you a Christmas ham. (laughs) And you had plans for that. The enemy come in and go, let's see if you really believed what you were taught last night or not. But we gotta have it. We gotta have it. And we gotta stand up and we gotta say, I ain't backing away from my confession of faith. You're not moving me by what I believe. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. What you want? If got, got I a mean, right, come, come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. What you wanna come? I welcome it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good, yeah, now you see that was boldness, oh,
1: welcome it, come on,
0: that's the way to be, that's Gina, go Gina, hallelujah, amen, church,